Traveling the Vortex. Join the doctors as they travel the dark times and arrive in episode 481, where we don't have to worry about Dalekula, because we have Hector, the best companion ever. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? Pretty good. How about you? Not too bad. You guys Not do anything fun this week? Anything fun, exciting? Watch anything? Read anything? I've been reading like crazy. I've been, re- been reading, Glenn? Well, I've been really excited because of the... Uh, WandaVision TV series that's going on now. Everybody knows about. Um, I went back and started picking up some old, and a lot of these I'd read back in the day, but I started picking up some of the uh, Wanda, uh, Wanda and Vision story arcs from back in the day. And I've uh, been reading some old West uh, Coast Avengers comics that involved them. Uh, and then moved on to uh, the Vision series, which is really, really good. And then I was just scrolling through some stuff after that and got recommended uh, a Black Widow um, comic called uh, Deadly Origin. So I went ahead and read it, too. And then (laughs) uh, to prepare for uh, something we're going to be doing coming up, I went and read the first volume of the uh, 13th Doctor's (laughs) comic series. Of course, and then I finished reading... Oh, I finished reading that uh, Daleks... uh, uh, magazine or bookazine that I picked up. Uh, I think it was back in November. I finally got that finished too. So lots of stuff. I didn't watch yeah, much. Reading, but, reading, reading. Yeah, but reading a bunch yeah, of stuff. Yeah, lots of comics. How about you guys? You guys do anything? I did not. My cousin came, is in town visiting, so mm. we've been visiting with her. We continued our Criterion watch uh, with uh, the Philadelphia story. I Which like is one that. that I've I've seen, but it's been so long I really didn't remember yeah, I like much. That. I like that. Cary Grant. Cary Grant and uh, Catherine Hepburn and Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. That is a quality program. <laughs> Takes its time getting there. For, yeah. for, for, for being such a, uh, you know, they, they give you the setup and you go, well, of course it's going to be this. <laughs> and it, it, it takes a long percolating while to get to this but then it does you know we end up with things as they should be right, so right <laughs> i enjoyed it mel liked it too so that's always a plus anything else yeah that was it well, let's move on to news watch my chiefs make it to the super bowl yeah <laughs> that's exciting let's see if they can clinch it when it actually happens yep i know i'm a little worried about uh tom the the cheater brady <laughs> <laughs> I know them's fighting words. <laughs> not from anybody here. <laughs> not, not from anybody. Nope. Here. <laughs> Maybe some listeners. I don't, I don't know. know. Glenn's over there nodding in agreement, and Keith's going, "What's a sports ball? <laughs> Who's Tom Brady? What? <laughs> That's two first names. <laughs> Never trust a man with two first names." Keith, what do we got in the news? News, Doctor Who Season 24 coming out on Blu-ray. That is Sylvester McCoy's first season. Which is what it'll be called in the U.S. when it eventually releases here. Sylvester McCoy's first season. Time in the Ronnie, Paradise Towers, Delta in the Mannerman, and Dragonfire. 
Did you guys watch no the, U.S. Uh, release date? Yeah, there's no U.K. release date yet either. No, that's true. <laughs> uh, did you Later guys see the year, uh, trailer? I haven't had a chance to watch it. yet. Oh, it's good. It's got Bonnie Langford in character, and uh, the premise of it is there are. It's kind of almost like a Shark Tank. Uh, that's what we call it here. I think it's Dragon's Den over in the UK, but the same concept, but with the investors that are going to give money to somebody that has a good idea. Well, she's kind of a solo investor in that. It's called 24 Carat, I think, because <laughs> she's, uh, she, well, and she's, she's, uh, it sets it up as she's been this, uh, like, um, oh, head of the, some carrot juice conglomerate. So she's made a lot of money from that. And uh, so, <laughs> Uh, but it, but it has car- uh, people coming in to pitch their ideas, and it's uh, different people from uh, the from this, those seasons that are that are still around. I think one is um, Paradise Towers. I think it's one of the gals that was uh, oh one of the the girl gang gals. I think she's one of them, and she's pitching uh, reopening Paradise Towers. Um, the guy that played the bad guy in. Um, Oh shoot! Uh, Dragonfire, and I can't remember his name either. But he's also pitching an idea um, in relation to that, and uh, and then another mystery guest comes in, um, and of course it's it's really well done. You guys should watch it because it's it's really cute. They did a nice job with it. I think it's interesting. Bonus features. It's listed as Blu-ray trailer, a brand new mini episode. (laughs) Well, they kind of are mini episodes, to be honest. They are, yeah. Is is one of them that one woman from the episode Delta and the Bannerman no. who talk like this? No, but I did see on the trailer they have an interview with her, and she says something to the fact of, after after all these years, why would I have thought to go with a Welsh accent? <laughs> oh, hindsight. <laughs> That's good. I'm excited. I mean, uh, let's see. The uh, although I've got I don't a know. lot of bonus features on this one. That's an eight disc set for four stories. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know that we've got a U.S. release date for the uh, Pertwee one that's coming out in the U.K. next month. I, yeah, I don't know if we do. It might be June. Now that I think about it. So let's see if that one's in. Let's see. The Pertwee one comes out in February. So this McCoy one will probably come out late in the year. I'm guessing probably august which means we would get the pertwee one here in june and probably the mccoy one near christmas is what my guess is is season four the one we're supposed we haven't gotten yet or is there the other one uh pertwee yeah it's season four i believe we are two pertwees behind now because didn't they just announce the first season of the master no, I'm sorry. That's the one. Or that is that's, season that's, four. That, that, no, no, that's not season four. That's um, that'd be season one. No, that's season two. It's season two. Oh yeah, you're right. Two, two. Yeah, sorry. I. I'm, oh, sorry. American season two. Yeah, right. It's I'm American. With you. Season I'm caught two. up now. Yeah. It would be UK season eight. So. <laughs> Pertwee season two. Okay. Right, right. <laughs> I, I thought maybe so. So then to date, that would give us, assuming, well, I'm not going to assume when these all come out at the end of this year, we will have had two Pertwee. Yes. Two Baker. Three Baker. Three Baker. First, middle, and last. Yep. Two Pertwee, three Baker. One Davidson? Yep. One Baker the second. Yep. And now two. 
yeah. McCoy. It'll, it'll be two McCoy. Yeah. Which I find is interesting, although I'm sure they're trying to pace it out in a way. They must have uh, an idea how to do it. But I'm interest, I'm, it's interesting to see that we've gotten two Pertwees before we've gotten another Baker, uh, Colin Baker, or another Davison, which I think. Since well, I mean, those there's only two of Colin Baker they well, can do. Well, <laughs> that's true, but that seems to be the more popular doctors. Maybe not Colin, but Davison for sure. So I'm a little surprised that Pertwee's higher on that list of them. But You know, I wonder how much of it is also, you know, they're filming a whole bunch of new bonus features. So how much of that is just availability and getting it produced? That's true. And also I wonder if part of that's they go back and do some Pertwee because we're going to have some actors and actresses that won't be around anymore uh, soon. And yeah. maybe want to get enough of those people, you know, interviewed and archived and that kind of stuff too. So that might be why... They're in a rush to get well, and done. Considering, you know, this is the anniversary of the master, it makes sense to get that yeah, season out. That's true. That's true. In fact, well, I, I bet that more, played a lot into it. Isn't yeah. there just simply more seasons of Pertwee? Didn't he, uh, American-wise, wasn't it five seasons worth of Pertwee? Was it five? I thought it was only four. No, I think it was only... I think it was only... Is it only four? Yeah, it's still it's more four. than the other guys, so... I mean, obviously Tom. Baker's the, the, the juggernaut <laughs> yeah. there, so well, that's true. It makes sense that we get more of him, but then I would think that you know, with with Colin only having the two seasons, well, okay, be... that's kind of a yeah, a short yeah. end of the stick twice because yeah. we're only we're going to give you one early and then one late, right? Be... And, and I think that's what they're probably doing with Colin Baker is holding out on his. So yeah, I bet I'm we really... get a, I bet we get another Tom after the first of the year. I bet we get another Tom Baker because I think they want to get. Or maybe we'll get Davison first and then another Tom, but Tom. But I bet we get another Tom Baker next year since they've got to do seven of those. Yeah, I'm, I'm really kind of surprised we haven't got one from uh, from Troughton or or Hartnell yet. I'm not because I think they're still, I think they're still gauging how they're going to do the animated ones. Hartnell might because I think there's one season that you can get almost everything in now with the animations that we have. So I am I'm a little surprised we haven't gotten a Hartnell as well. I I just I think they haven't pulled the trigger on the Hartnell ones because I don't think they think they can market them. I just I think in their mind they think they're going to be harder to market. So specifically to the U.S. audiences, the U.K. audience would be an easier sell, I think. But here they're just going to get the hardcore fans. Well, they will. I mean, they they that that's that's just it in a nutshell. They are going to be harder to market because okay, it's a science fiction show and it's from the sixties and it's in black and white and it's from the UK. Unless you've heard of Dr. Who and know what it is, you're not going to rush out to stores and go, Oh my God, I must have this. I mean, there simply isn't a marketing campaign you can put together to convince a non fan to go buy that. (laughs) I think all of classic who there's no marketing campaign that you'll get a non fan to go purchase. Yeah, that's very true. Well, I, I think I you're think, very hard. You'll be very hard pressed to find some random person that's just going to pick up a random season of Doctor Who and just start. I think you're well. I hundred percent think you're right there, but I think there's also a lot of casual fans, and I think there are some casual fans that wouldn't be willing yes. to dive into classic Doctor Who, but might pick up a Tom Baker season or might pick up a Sylvester McCoy season. So I think there's a, I think there's a variation in the type of people there are the hardcore fans are going to pick all of them up a casual fan or a new who fan may pick one or two up just because they're familiar with those doctors specifically um from new who you know if we've got sarah jane they're familiar with they may go pick up 
you know, uh, either a Pertwee or a Tom Baker season featuring Sarah Jane because they liked her. Um, that, you know, so that sort of thing I think would maybe give a casual fan reason to go back and pick it up. But yeah, there's absolutely no marketing it to somebody that's just going to pick it up and try it for the first time. The only way that would work is if they managed to either animate or recover Marco Polo and they could do the first season because then you could build a whole 60 years of Doctor Who and it all begins here. That's enough of a hook that maybe a casual fan go, well, if I'm going to start, I should start at the beginning. Yeah, a lot of people are like, well, should I start at the beginning? And that, and a lot That's of people true. would be more inclined to pick it up. That's true. God, no, don't do that. <laughs> On the other hand, I think you're being, it's hopeful thinking that they're going to uh, animate Marco Polo. <laughs> I think we're going to get what we've got. I think we're going to get that truncated uh, recon that they did for the beginning box set. That's what's going to come out on the Blu-ray. I don't think they're going to put the effort into animating it. What is it? A seven episode arc and a historical debut. Yeah. I just don't, I, I really think we're just going to have to write that one off and say, okay, well this is what we're going to get. This here's what we're getting. You know me, Glenn, I'm an eternal optimist. Oh, I know. And I'm, I'm glad you are sometimes, <laughs> Sean, but so first we had four seasons. Yes. Okay. Two with Joe. One with Liz and one with Sarah Jane. Yes. They were just, other than the, uh, you only had two with Joe. Maybe it's just because there's so many episodes within those two seasons. <laughs> well, they when they're all, all seven part episodes. stories, it's like, oh, yeah, well, okay. They're about the same amount. What else is in the news, Keith? Well, speaking of the 50th anniversary of the master, Misty's getting her own short comic series from Titan comics. Um, it's going to be a four-issue story. That'll be interesting to see how that goes. I like her Pardon. as a character a lot. I think her strengths, though, happen to be, and I think this was very much illustrated in that uh, Canaries, not Canaries, uh, that Winter Par- Time Paradox uh, anthology that we reviewed. I think she very much is a strong character when the doctor's there. I just don't know how she's going to be able to hold a comic series on her own unless the, the, unless they plan to feature a doctor in it with her. Well, here's the description. Missy wages war on the doctor, but this time she's not alone. Can the combined brilliance of the third and, thir- and twelfth doctor avert her deadly scheme, or will she get her hands on a secret weapon capable of wreaking havoc on the universe? Wait, wait, wait. Oh, so third and twelfth doctors 12 together? together? Yeah. Oh. I'm on board. Yeah, me too. I'm excited As if now. just a Missy story wasn't enough. I mean, <laughs> come on. Well, I think that's the problem. A Missy story isn't enough without the doctor. But yeah, that, that, I, think that I, makes, I, I think that makes it work. You know, I, I, hate to, I hate to side with Glenn on anything, but yeah. <laughs> More more excited over the idea of a three twelve team up than I am a Missy comic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the insults will fly. <laughs> Actually, they probably won't. They'll probably be very complimentary toward each other's dress sense. I bet they will because the yeah. dress sense. Is, yeah. Well, depending on which which uh, dress sense we get out of, uh, if we get the if we get the uh, uh, you know coattails and velvet, then yeah, I think they'll absolutely work out well. But if we've got uh, twelve running around in the uh, sweatshirt. I don't think. Oh, yeah, I don't the think sparkly the, jumper. Yeah, I don't think the dandy's gonna uh, <laughs> appreciate that as much. 
Good stuff. It kind excited. of moved away from the velvet by the time uh, Missy showed up, didn't he? Yeah, that's true. Well, he still had the uh, kind of that Nehru coat too, though. I think that would be all right. I mean, it wasn't a, it yeah. wasn't a traditional Nehru jacket, but kind of that same coat. I thought it was the other way because he had the um, he had the pea coat throughout the first season, and then the jumper kind of. Well, he uh, always wore that one coat over. I was gonna say whatever. I sort of think you're pigeon-toeing him into an outfit a season. It wasn't. He was all over the place. Well, yeah, Every no, no, he was all over the place. All but the it, time. It, it very much seemed like the uh, it was more into the 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 end of the second, beginning of the third season when the the red velvet look kind of made a uh, oh, what am I? What's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. That more was regular, more regular appearances. Oh, I, I see think. what you're saying. I say, yeah, that that red velvet was was late, was mid mid to late uh, first season anyway. So. But yeah, I, maybe it made more of a frequency. I'm still excited about the pairing. That'll be that'll be a lot of fun, especially since we haven't gotten a lot of Third Doctor in the comics yet either. So, yeah, yeah. I wonder what they'll dress him in. Crushed velvet purple coat. <laughs> my my money is on that split green, uh, split pea soup green. <laughs> <laughs> no art of them, so we don't know yet. That's true. Arguably the worst of Pertwee's outfits. <laughs> All right. Well, should we move on to our discussion for this week? Yes. We'll do the, uh, I think we should do the comics first, probably, because all flesh is grass, even though I believe the, I believe the comics fall in an interlude in all fresh flesh is grass. I think we just do those and then tackle the whole book on its own. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, this was another um, outing by the uh, Doctor Who comic maker app, and this was another two uh, episodes that you could buy for a buck a piece. And uh, what'd you guys think of these? Let's start with the in order episode four, which was the one that featured the um, ninth Doctor then and Madam uh, Ikala. Ikala. Icala? I don't know. Something like that. It was okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's gonna these these comics are well I, I marvel at the fact that they're able to use these and make a cohesive story out of them. There's just never a lot of substance to them. Uh, I'm glad they were able to be involved in this, but these wouldn't have been missed if they weren't there because all of these stories really kind of just work outside don't of really... work outside of the main arc anyway so they don't really give anything to the the story arc as a whole except for i suppose this one maybe sort of expands on the relationship between her and the ninth doctor i i think maybe that's where we're going to, and i think it probably i think it shows that there's still some trepidation and that she's still not very trusting of the ninth doctor, uh, especially since when the thing's going to, uh, the, the shadow creature is going to attack and he uses the sonic, a sonic stake. <laughs> <laughs> and she thinks that, uh. he, you know, she, he's going to kill her with it. And, and that wasn't his intent at all. I think, I think the story is meant to, establish their 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 trust and relationship a little better um and i suppose it does that but 
overall, I, it, it's it's an unneeded, unneeded story. Yeah, it definitely doesn't contribute anything to like the overarching story or much else. But it is nice to have nine in a comic, I guess. Yeah, I think so too, and it, and I think it also gives us maybe a uh, something to visualize. At least it did for me because I read them first. Uh, so, you know, maybe uh, obviously made her look a little more humanoid than she does in here, not as cartoony. But uh, I kind of imagined her with kind of that uh, flyaway hair that she's got and the um, uh, purple or yeah violet dress that she's wearing so it sort of gave me an image in my head when i was reading the book for sure yeah yeah sean what'd you think they were they were there um (laughs) i i I, I, i'm with you i kind of marvel at the fact that you know when you when you look at them yeah we could pick it apart we could talk about how simplistic they are and that there's really no plot and that there's just such a they're just there. there. There just really is not much to these. But you have to back up a step and, and think about the fact that these are app created. Yeah. You know, th- these are these are not, um, you know, what I would term a professional comic artist necessarily yeah. <laughs> creating yeah, no, no. new artwork for this. Right, it's right. a, you know, it's a cut and paste job and we've thrown something together to fit it into this overarching uh, a story and here's a story that what, what can you do with it? Well, this one in particular I felt was very much a weaker link in that chain because it seemed so repetitive. There were so many close-ups of the face and, uh, you know, reused elements uh, in order to tell what little story there was. Yeah. But again, it's an app based comic. So, you kind of have to give it a pass and just go, yep. Yeah. It's a, it's a thing. Well, the next one, on the other hand, I felt like... I was like pretty impressed by the story. This next one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that episode five does... It, it has a little bit more of a complex story structure to it, and I appreciated the fact... And I think the thing that I don't know, and I, I suppose maybe we could look it up, is, is the same person writing these. We don't get an accredited author on these and so i don't know if all of these are being you know uh conceptualized by the same person or not but this one really has kind of a different scope and flavor to it and yeah i'm with you uh, keith i really i liked the the story i liked the concept of it it was a little a little bit um a little deep (laughs) Uh, oh yeah it's pretty impressive the fact that they're able to tell this sort of story in this format i think yeah i agree Almost too Even much. Overall, the story doesn't contribute to the overall Time Lord Victorious really story at all. It's still, it's just set during this, so that's kind of the only contribution that has. But yeah. everything else, I I really don't have any complaints with. I think it does a really good job of telling the story that it tells in a concise manner and has some nice kind of twists and turns to it. Yeah, there's almost too much in the in in the form of uh, being a complex story um, for the limitations of the format because it's such an intriguing. Well, what the heck, you know? There's this person yeah. that you know, because obviously well, the, first, know, there's, there's a house. house, there's a modern yeah. house in the dark times, <laughs> and and that's enough to get you excited and immediately start thinking master 
or you know it's a TARDIS or what is the deal what is with this house and then oh no it's even more interesting than that it's somebody who invented time travel oh and just wound up in the dark times <laughs> okay yeah where are we going with this and you just don't get much of that because well again the limitations of the format it, it's not I, I would have much preferred this story be given a big finish treatment. I, would I think agree. there was way more. I would agree. Way more could have been done with this, or or a Titan comic story it would have been would have been good. Could have fleshed it out. Oh yeah, that would work with them. Yeah, even staying with the format that would have been uh, that would have been interesting. Yeah, I suppose I, this story does also illustrate the impact of what the Doctor has done, causing this rift. Yeah, this is another one. The of those, implications of this. Yeah, this is another one of those things that's that's pulled through the fractures. So. Um, I also like how well the eighth and ninth doctor get along. I think that this, if mm-hmm. the eighth and ninth had, 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 you know, or were able to travel together on television and we had the same actors playing, I think that they, they, uh, this is what I see. I mean, this is how I, I feel that they would be together. So, uh, so that's kind of a nice, uh, addition to it as well. Yeah. They've definitely got a, uh, um, uh, a fun camaraderie. Yeah. Um, which then, when we get to the book, <laughs> creates creates some interesting things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, should we move on to the book? Yes. Oh, let's. Even a Time Lord can't change the past. A wasteland. A dead world. No, there's a di- biodome rising from the ashes. Here, life teems and flourishes with strange, lush plants and many-winged insects, insects with bright carapaces. And one solitary sentient creature who spends its days talking to the insects and tending this lonely garden. This is Inyutz, the last of the Katara. In all flesh's grass, we are transported back to the dark times. The tenth doctor has sworn to stop the Katara, ending death and bringing life to the universe. But his life, his, his plan is unraveling. Instead of bringing life, nothing has changed, and all around him, people are dying. Death is everywhere. Now he must confront his former selves, one in league with their greatest nemesis, and the other manning a ship of the undead. Yep. I don't. I don't want to undersell it because I'm not sure what to say about the story. I think I had higher hopes and expectations for where it would go. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really came away from it not quite feeling like it did what it set up to do in the from the first story. I was surprised to have a lot more and and early on a lot less confrontation between the doctors and a lot more of the working together uh, that we got. And I think that also, and correct me if, or, or or maybe point out where this would have been, but we kept hearing James Goss talking about this interlude uh, in part one and part two of this book, but there was no part one and part two, and it was really kind of hard to determine where this interlude would have been. The only time, the only place that I could put what we're calling the interlude of the 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 things that happened, the mind of Mag- Magnus, and all of the uh, comic maker app stories would have happened after that meeting of the minds early on in the book, right? When they, when they went their separate ways. Yeah. I think that's exactly where it happens. Okay. It's the, the, the resolution of the confrontation between all of them and they, they split off and then they meet back up because then, then at that point there's never 
all of them alone again. They okay. are always with one or the other. Right. Yeah. Okay. So and there's then, always some combination. That was surprisingly early on in the book too. So I was I was a bit I was a bit taken back by that. But I I mean that that's okay. I'm glad that we're on the same page and that we kind of agree because because I think the other thing I don't like about the book is it's all over the place. Yeah, it um, seems manic. It, it is. It's very chaotic. There's not a moment where you can kind of catch your breath and figure out where we are and what's going on. And a lot of times we're bouncing back and forth between. And and I think this would have worked. I think when when uh, was it uh, Alma McCormick who wrote this? I think when yeah, she was no. doing it, she she had in her mind. She was visualizing it, I think, as a episode. And I think if you had been doing this as a, an episode of Doctor Who, I think you would have done that bounce back and forth from scene to scene and cut away and here. But And so it feels like she's trying to structure it that way, but it doesn't work for a book because you're not given enough at any time to kind of get your brain wrapped around what's happening now before we're switching to the next thing. And I think, I think this would have served better to do each of these things out in chapters instead of breaking it up within the chapter. And I found it was interesting because Keith warned us last week that the chapters get longer as you go. And I sort, I think that's sort of true, but the last chapter, I think it is, it's like all of this stuff's going on within the, the scope of one or two chapters. And I thought, and they were, and they were particularly long. And I thought this really could have served better by breaking some of this up and kind of pacing a little bit of it out. I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah, you are not wrong. Um, unless Keith, you want to go first. Cause I, no, I, 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 f- I fear I'm going to unload on this and I don't want to. <laughs> Well, you want to load, um, and then we can maybe pull back some. Yeah, I, yes, I've chaotic. got a, I've got some things I liked about it, so go ahead and and do it, so that and I can maybe draw us back with some of the higher points. <laughs> okay. Um, yes, it was chaotic. It uh, it it vastly was in need of an editor, um, and not necessarily somebody to to cut material, but somebody to assist in the structuring of the material that was present, because you would get in order to kind of present the frantic nature of the events you would get a paragraph or two which would be with this group of characters and then you would get a paragraph with that character and then you would get a paragraph with this character and then you go back to the first character which i can i can do i can track that except when i come back to the first character we are no longer in the same setting right or time right or or you know it's we, we have now advanced the story and there was no break. It just kind of was, okay, new paragraph, and whoa, 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 where are we? What happened? Um, and so if this is where those interludes are supposed to fit in, you know, fail. I'm sorry, but they right. just, it, 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 it didn't work that way. Um, because of that breakneck pacing that was present throughout the book, you, you can do that if you're going to give us a, a rousing adventure story. You know, if you're, if you're, if you're doing a, a big action uh, novel, uh, you know, a Clive Custler or, or something, you can do that. But that's not what this story was. This story was very much a, okay, we're going to go in and we're going to bring all the heavy guns, but then we're going to sit and talk about it. And then we really didn't get much of the conversation. Yeah. The 10th yeah. doctor 
flip-flopped on on his, uh, you know, he starts off and he's very Time Lord Victorious. He is so Time Lord Victorious that I kind of began to, uh, you know, especially coming off the end of the other book and into this one, I was beginning to think to myself, I don't know how you walk this back. I really don't know how you can leave this Doctor and go into the Doctor of... Uh, of the next, uh, special on television because he, he, he's, he's now, I mean, he's full on in, I'm going to go punish the family of blood mode. <laughs> you know, he's the, the wrath of the time Lord. He, he is, he is there. And so when, when eight and nine show up and attempt to talk him out of it and we get the side of the conversation from, from his perspective at the beginning of the book, he kind of goes off on them. And is not having any of it. So then we get the meeting of the minds and he's pretty dismissive and kind of a jerk. Like he, 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 he's play acting almost like he, he's trying to be nice, but he really isn't. He doesn't have time for these two fools that have come to, to try and stop him. He, he has, he's, I'm not trucking with any of this. No, only to at some point in time around the middle third of the book, completely change his mind and go, yeah, you're right. I was wrong. I'm not going to apologize for it, but okay, what do we do now? Yeah, I think that's like, and I'm not going to try to undo what I right. did either. I think that's when the did problem. That happen? Yeah. That's the problem that I have is there is no, there's no switch. There's no reason for him to turn other than, Oh gosh, I think I've done something wrong. And now to be fair, I don't, I can't paint him into this. He did this huge, it's not, yeah, he ignited genocide, but he essentially did he 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 turned their own device or quote unquote weapon. It's not really a weapon, but they, he turned their own weapon back against them is what he did. So I think there's a little bit of forgiveness in that, that he wasn't just this homicidal maniac that was going to wipe out a race of people. Although he was kind of being a homicidal maniac that was going to wipe a race out of people. But I think that that sort of softens it a little bit. But I think you're 100% right that I think he's he's of one state of mind at the beginning of the book. And then he just flips on a dime in the, in the middle third. And I, I agree, Sean. Sorry, keep going. Yeah, it's just it's it's such a sudden... Or even still, like there's that... Uh, Minds of Magna story that we had where he's questioning, did I do the right thing? Right. We needed a lot more of that or reference to the, that event so we could be reminded, hey, he's doubting himself here. Well, that and there wasn't anything. Too. That might have helped to have a break or a interlude so that when Goss says there's an interlude in the book that we can kind of look to some of the, well, well, I think Mind of Magnus and maybe Echoes of Extinction. Echoes of Extinction, unfortunately, we suffered from that not being able to come out when it was originally scheduled to come out. So Echoes might also have, you know, some interlude uh, effort here to soften that that change. Because I, I, I agree with Keith. I think Minds of Magnus is what they're trying to make serve as that, softening that you know that backtracking of, of the 10th doctor but unfortunately it doesn't come across that way and, and there's no allusion to it either i mean you right. have to have some sort of illusion you can't especially if these are all supposed to be standalone stories that you can dip in and out of as you want you can't assume somebody's listening to minds of magnox exactly yeah. you right. have we, to we have a reference to, have that to moment. it right yeah you, you have to give us 
the something you eat, whether it's a, you know, even if you just typed interlude on, on a page all by itself and then came back and then somebody in the next Bart said, you've changed since we went to Magnox. Yeah. Okay. Right. That, 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 that was enough. That would have been something in there to give me that. But, but the book by itself, you don't get it. It's just kind of, it's, it's almost like it's so dependent upon you having read and listened to and experienced everything else associated with Time Lord Victorious and also knowing where to insert it. Yeah. 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 Um, which is unfortunate because I, there, there were things that the book was doing that I liked. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. The other problem is quite honestly, and I'm sorry, Glenn, (laughs) the Daleks, (laughs) there are far too many Daleks in this vampire story. The vampires are the thrust of what's going on. The vampires and his relationship with Madame Akala and the undead warriors and how all of that is coming about. You could have given me an entire series of books with the doctor traveling to the dark times and dealing with the vampires. Now, admittedly, it's because I, I'm a big fan of state of decay and I love the great vampire story, but everything with them was more interesting. Everything with the Daleks became very ho-hum, very standard Dalek-y. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Until we finally get to the intersection of those two plots. Right. And then it became, oh, the Daleks have obtained this. You know, they're going after the vampire DNA. This is now interesting. Yeah. Well, I think that's, but, I think that's why it falls down is because they did, it, it's, it's almost like they didn't, they didn't lean into the Daleks enough. I mean, they are the big bad of this. They are the ones that are, you know eventually going to or that's or they're brought in as the big bags they're the one that are going to uh you know do this ultimate end which ultimately is the destruction of gallifrey in the dark times and so they go all on board with that and i think that was a that's the right direction to go i think that was okay to do that especially since we've been stringing the dollars along in all these outside stories we've got to bring them into here somehow but you're right they didn't they didn't lean into them far enough so that by the time they do intersect those, we haven't had any of that buildup that was necessary for that climax of, okay, this is what's getting ready to happen. And so I completely agree with you. While I, I liked the the mechanism of them, of the, the strategist bring, and the scientist bringing the uh, uh, great vampire on board and then utilizing it in order to create this hybrid Dalek, this undead Dalek that was going to, that ends up spreading to the other Daleks. I think it was a great concept. I love the idea, but I agree that they don't lean into it enough to give us that information. And if they're going to focus on the vampires as much as they do, then I agree. I think that they needed to maybe take the story in a different direction and do something more with the vampires instead. Yeah. It just, yeah. And I see. And I think I would have much rather of them scaled back the Daleks. And even if they wanted to include, keep the ultimate end in there just have them off doing stuff in the background that we don't know entirely sure what it is until we catch wind of what the ultimate end is and then go after it and explore in the book the vampires and what this means for the universe now that the uh, Kutura are going to be gone because we don't really ever truly address or resolve that issue I mean they are gone 
But what does that mean for the universe? There's a few maybe lines of death will just run rampant, however, but if it has always been this way where the Keturah set lifespans for everything, okay, what does that mean going forward? Does nothing have a lifespan anymore? Does everything have a lifespan? But everything has changed also, so they don't really delve into the meat of any of that well they yeah. they try to hand wave it a little bit at the end when the last katura dies and they have this whole metaphor for opening uh, uh death's gate and i think the idea of that was once the katura were gone it was destined that they would because they're not in the the they're not in our universe or our time um, that that was eventual, that it was going to happen. And I think that it alluded to the fact that despite the fact that the 10th Doctor said about their death earlier, the uh, the one good Keturah that got fed up with the directives and everything is really kind of the one that set everything back on the normal path. And I don't think that that's explained well enough. And I think that that's also where this book kind of falls down is it doesn't, you have to kind of reach for your own conclusion as to how this is all fixed, because we know that this is repaired. We know that this is fixed because the eighth doctor comes back and everything goes, and the 10th doctor comes back and everything goes in, in its normal progression of time. But setting up this whole time altering event with the time Lord victorious and then subtly fixing it with, with some hand waving at the end doesn't quite work for the scale. No, of it, it it really doesn't because, you know, had they not done a big time has changed and the universe has changed. Well, no, it hasn't. This is how it always has been. It just, the doctor was involved with it. We just didn't know it. Right. right. If it's the direction the book makes you believe, and then they shouldn't have set it up the way they did. It's one or the other. You can't have, you know, time has changed, but the doctor was really involved the whole time. So it really hasn't changed. Which is it? Right, I mean, right. Wibbly wobbly um, timey wimey only goes so far. <laughs> right. I, yeah. I think that also if they had implied that in the dark times the Daleks were destined to win, and that's why things were like it wasn't the Tenth Doctor's actions that had broken time, that it was the fact that the Daleks were here meddling and trying to eliminate the to eliminate Gallifrey. And the idea that perhaps if they didn't stop the elimination of Gallifrey, that the the eighth doctor and the ninth doctor were experiencing the repercussions of that. I think that would have been a better way to explain, you know, away the fact that there's this fracture, but just the, the, the 10th doctor coming through wasn't enough. And just, and then, you know, the last Katura dying, setting things on its, in its correct course just didn't really work for me. No. Yeah. Yeah. And I imagine that in, in I don't know, in my head canon, I, I just feel that had the Daleks disappeared for the middle part of the story, had, had they shown up with the, the eighth doctor and we got in a meeting and then the doctors got together physically and then the Daleks flew off and all of a sudden it was like, uh Oh, now what? And we spent the rest of the book dealing with the vampires. And then the Daleks came back at the end with hey, we've captured this vampire and we're going to, to Gallifrey to blow it up with this army of undead. That, to me, would have been a much bigger reveal because yeah. you could then fit all of the Dalek stories, uh, you know, for, from within Time Lord Victorious 
into that gap. So now we know why they're flying around and, and doing all these things. Like, okay, that makes a little more sense structurally. Yeah. It also sets up a much bigger crux at the end for the finale to deal with, as opposed to the, well, we've been dealing with the Daleks through this whole story. They've been after something. They've been after this ultimate end. Let's piecemeal that out for, no, we don't really need to know that they have a plan. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, they're, they're Daleks. Of course they have a plan. I think also what doesn't work is it's the, from the beginning of this arc and there's been a lot, there've been a lot of good stories in this. So not putting down this entire series, but from the beginning of this arc, the Daleks continually are changing their plan. Yes. So mm-hmm. their, 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 their goal is this. And then when, you know, goal a doesn't work they move on to goal b or if goal a does work they still move on to goal b and then they move on to goal c and it's almost like they're you're continually evolving their plan and i think it was almost a cheat and i think that i didn't maybe we maybe it was a softer sell that we read the dalek stories that came with the eagle moss stuff so we had an idea that the we were going to get surprised with this emperor dalek's ultimate plan but it just seems like that we're doing this, okay. Which was just a longer version of that chapter. Right, that's true. But it just feels like we're like, oh, we're just going to continue to move the goalposts out until we get to this point. And then it almost undersells everything that the Daleks had been doing in all of their stories leading up to this. So, Yeah, I, I think that's Yeah, the, I think they're the better off problem. having the Katuru the vampires and the doctor himself being the villain of the story other than the Daleks. And the Daleks actually just be a support character as opposed to a main villain. Just from the standpoint that because of what they did, they, in my mind, they really weakened the Daleks. They, they really just kind of, it became in, in, instead of a Dalek story that I was excited about, it became yet another Dalek story. And because, you know, as, 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 as we've said before, every time they come back, they get beaten. You know, it, it's, it's, you've got to find some new way of making them cool again, because we know the doctor is well, going to win. The end of Daleks would have been a cool thing. Had it and all, that would have been a cool it, thing. And everything around it supported it. Exactly. That that's just it. If that's going to be the, the crux of the, of the Dalek mission, if that's going to be the big reveal then I don't need to know all the internal politics, if you will, that led to that. Just let the Daleks be mysterious and then come out with this sucker punch that, ha, 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 we gotcha. That would have been a, oh, man. So that was a frustration. And make the resolution of that be much more difficult than what it was. Yeah. Make it harder to defeat these undead Daleks than just had the last Kotara do her thing and poof, they're gone. Well, that's easy. Okay, that, with the the Deuce Ex Machina yeah, of the story at I the end, was too. just because it, it does it 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 wraps up the Katura storyline and it it takes care of this MacGuffin now of the what happens when the door to the de- you know the door of death is opened. Yeah, I, I it, agree. It, it kind of takes care of that. Now, I could have used a lot more of not just a ship full of mercenaries and some strange super weapon that Brian found in the closet. That, that, that was offensive that, that we've, we've got undead Daleks being wiped out by Bob. Yeah. I, and, and mysterious really wiped out. I'm going to, I'm going to disagree because it wasn't like he had one weapon. 
he had several. We did, he just we had ex, we had uh, uh, we just expelled a bunch of them by the at the end of the last book. But it was I mean it was determined that these were like basically cards up Brian's sleeve. And yeah, it does come down to the last one. Be well, it's not exactly a weapon, but. So, I liked that. I thought it was very much in. I mean, I can imagine Brian going around the galaxy, you know, collecting all of these different weapons in order to to use them later down the line somewhere. And this happens to be where it ends up being. And so I was actually okay with that. I was okay with that pulling that last weapon out and going, "Well, I've got this still." <laughs> I thought that was actually rather funny the way they played that. Well, off. and because that weapon didn't actually kill the undead Daleks, right? It just halted them momentarily, and that's when the amazing reveal could have happened of, oh, wait, these are vampire hybrids. But right. we already knew that they were, so it just didn't mean anything. Yeah, yeah I agree. Um, I agree. I think the other thing that that, that kind of soured me on it was, uh, well, let me back up. I think that the 10th Doctor, after he makes the turn back, really felt like the 10th Doctor. It was like the, it's almost like she had the, she had his words at that point. And I think that the eighth doctor was very much in line with how the eighth doctor should be. I, so I think that he, that she had both of their voices. The ninth doctor just did not quite seem like what I, what the ninth doctor, she just didn't quite have the ninth doctor. She couldn't nail it. And it feels like the ninth doctor's going around doing very little in this story, even though there's a lot going on with him. And so that was a struggle too. Is I just didn't feel like the ninth doctor was was realized be, uh, well enough. Yeah, and and that's in in many ways the heart and soul of the story. Um, if if we are to believe that we've got the knight, the fool, and the dead, and as I interpreted it, that the ninth doctor was meant to be the knight. Yes. And the eighth doctor is the fool. And the 10th doctor is dead because of that, but it could, I don't know. I suppose it could be the ninth doctor was the dead because he's running around with the, with the vampire and the 10th doctor is the fool because he's screwed everything up. See, in the final chapter, I got the impression that the, the dead was the eighth doctor yeah. for some reason. Well, no, and I, because, he, was because he was passed. See, it's funny because I got it as the, the night was the 10th doctor fool was the eighth doctor and the dead was the ninth doctor and i don't know why i got that but it was somehow the way the final chapter painted it for me as well but maybe i just misinterpreted we're gonna speak maybe in, that's in the allegory point. maybe they're all of them <laughs> you, yeah, you well, need to do a better job of it anyway yeah that's you know true. You, but although um, that was handed to her to be fair i mean that was the okay. title of the first book and so i think she was going based on what was set up for that. But it, it's it's very much a matter of, okay, if we're going to play these roles, you know, I, I'm, I'm fine with the Eighth Doctor being the fool because he is the, the of, of this set, he is the most exuberant, happy-go-lucky of them. Yeah. Okay, I can buy that. He's the most carefree. The carefree, sure. The dead being the ninth doctor, whether because he is coming fresh off of the time war and carries that guilt with him and he's been paired up with the vampire, that could have been a fascinating, really deep character study. Yeah. Think of the conversations that they could have had 
dealing with, you know, as, you know, she's trying to understand him and, and begins to crack that, you know, we could have gotten those Rose conversations where your world burned, didn't it? You were responsible, didn't you? There, there was so much of that kind of stuff that could have been there. And given the Ninth Doctor something to do, if we're going to pair him up with the vampire, let him do some some undead stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, maybe, maybe, maybe she even makes a perverted offer. You know, we could, if you take me back, I could, you know, <laughs> I could resurrect them. No, we're not good. We're not doing it. Yeah. They're, they're just, the, the implications of that were so much and then not realized at all, which is why it felt like he didn't do anything because no. he really didn't. He just carried the spider plant back and forth, yeah. <laughs> you know, and what was up with the spider plant? Well, why he was would... pretty much a chauffeur for Madame Escott too, because I mean, he gets her to the 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 place with the last Keturah and gives her sort of this. Uh, I I, I kind of liked her turn as a character as well. I thought that was well developed. The fact that she's mm-hmm. come off of w- what she was before to where she ends up at the end, and, and being the one that's going to re- you know remain there and be the custodian of this garden that the the last Keturah had been uh, you know over over uh, watching over so. I liked that, but then it just makes Nine her personal chauffeur through this whole book. Well, and another moment where, okay, so the Kodora character is very interesting and has this great evolution, and yet we never get a conversation between her and the Ninth Doctor. Yeah, which I think would have served. Which would have been, you know, another you're more than you are. You can, you know, you don't worry about what you are presently. You feel you're, you're the bringer of death. You do this, you do this, but you will, you, you will become more than that. Yeah. You had, you know, look at me. I now I'm a gardener. I do this. And then the 10th doctor shows up and the ninth doctor is even more despondent because now he's like, yeah, look what I turn into this guy. You know, I, there, there were so many yeah. things that they well, could again, have done. Again, it's not our job to rewrite the book either. So <laughs> <laughs> I know it just, it just, it just feels like there was so much potential. You're going to do this story and it's like, I am all on board yeah. with how much potential there is for this. And then instead we didn't get any of it. We right. just got, we, we just got a Dalek story with a couple of vampires and some running around in a spider plant. And that was about it. And it, 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 it just, the whole thing kind of just was a balloon with the air being let out of it. Yeah. And to the point where by the time we got to the end with the, the, the big finale over Gallifrey, I didn't care. Yeah. I genuinely didn't care if they saved the planet or not. <laughs> I, I do like, I do like the fact that they, she makes the illusion of, of, the eighth doctor and talking about, you know, I really haven't been back in a while. I should pop back in and, you know, if, if we can go back and see Ramon and that kind of stuff. And the ninth and 10th doctor knowing what's to come. That was just, a heartbreaking scene. Yeah. Those side yeah. glances to yeah. each other. And yeah, it, it was, it was really emotional at that point. Yeah. So those that, were the best well parts done. of the end. Yeah. That was well done. Yeah. Those were definitely the best parts of the ending. Yeah, overall, I just I I think there's enough in this that the the book is fun. It didn't it didn't bore me in any way. It's just I think there were a lot of avenues that it went that I didn't agree with, and I think there were a lot of avenues that I think they could have done better. She could have done better with. Um, but overall, I didn't hate the book. I mean, it was it was it was still a fun read, especially when when the doctors are working together. 
Uh, and I, I think Brian, while I don't think he got enough screen time here, although he has, he did get a lot in the first book and I kind of expected he would be kind of put on the back burner for this one, but he does have some really great scenes, especially when he goes into the, you know, he's, he's going into the ship and he's deciding that, you know, which, which side he's going to be on. And he wires himself into the, the engine room so that number one, they won't fire at him. And number two, if they do, he's hooked up to the thing so that he'll, he'll take the ship out with him. So there are those little, you know, glimpses that we get from, uh, Brian's character in the in the story that that work, but there's just you know I've, I'm kind of lamenting the fact that there wasn't more Brian to it. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm honestly a little I can't decide if I like the fact that Brian survived or not. And I, I don't mean that to be disparaging because I I love Brian as a character and I agree with you. I wish he'd been in more of it. But when he makes this grandiose, oh I've wired myself to the the engines and you can't shoot me without blowing yourselves up. And I want to talk to you about getting a ride home and, Oh, how unfortunate you've decided to shoot me anyway. <laughs> and then the doctor swoops in at the last minute to save him. And you're thinking, Hey, okay. And then the exchange, I don't know. I, well, then, then the exchange, I was prepared of, for the Daleks to go out in this blaze of glory and Brian to be responsible for it. I was like, well, yeah, that's heroic. Even oh, the, even, got the saved. even the rescue though, it's, he, he says, you didn't, you know, you didn't just come to rescue me. You did. I couldn't, you don't want me to blow up the ship because your TARDIS is still there. And he says, yep. <laughs> I mean, like, well, it, it kind of made the, the rescue a bit hollow because I thought, oh, how nice that he came get back to get Brian. Oh no, he came back so they wouldn't lose his TARDIS. Yeah. I came back for the TARDIS. <laughs> um, and I feel like Brian and eight needed a, a, a stronger resolution yeah. <laughs> to their story. Cause you know, Brian's been hanging out with the 10th doctor. So they, they kind of got their farewell, yeah. but, but, but eight and Brian had been well, at loggerheads for so long. I was okay with story. that too, though, because I knew that he couldn't go back with eight because we'd read that one. And I also think because he still feels like the eighth doctor betrayed him, <laughs> just the, by dumping him in the dark times. I just, I couldn't see him. I couldn't see them ever reconciling that, even though he's friendly with the future incarnation of the Doctor. But um, I a think, fun moment for him, maybe to attempt to kill him. Yeah, I and, think, and the tenth Doctor having to step in and go, no, 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 you can't do that. <laughs> I think the uh, I think it the ninth and tenth Doctor sort of leaving to sort of together after the events you know because the eighth doctor has to obviously get onto the ship so that he can take the daleks back through the uh yeah back out of the dark times but i think the 10th and 9th doctor leaving pretty much at the same time kind of solidifies my thought that that's the 10th doctor that's on looking in the end of the comic story where rose comes out of the coma and i said mm -hmm, if you look mm -hmm. in those bushes over there you can see the outline of the 10th doctor so i think that i think that's where they were going with that and i think that that's the reason why this book has them somewhat leaving at the same time because i have a feeling they they left together and he took one more look you know at, at rose from a, from afar i agree and then would again later yeah as he regenerates and, and then do it again later <laughs> creeper <laughs> <laughs> well you guys have anything else you guys want to pick apart about this book <laughs> i just i really wish i, 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 I wish again i, I, I wish feel like that's better. unfair 
I, I, I'm with you. I wish it were better. There were there were moments that I enjoyed. Um, a lot of the name drop stuff, the fact that you know he called the ship the HMS Donna. Yeah, that was that was great and touching. Um, the absurdity of turning a mercenary uh, force into carpenters. Yeah. <laughs> you know that's right in line with something the doctor would do. Um, those those moments worked for me, uh, and and were done very well. And a lot of the small character moments with eight and later in the book with 10 worked for me. Um, actually I, I just pretty much across the board, eight worked for me. Maybe yeah. that's just my, love no, of eight. I, I would agree. I don't, eight was consistent through this whole book. Consistent and, is a good word. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think she found his voice. I think he, I think she wrote him very well, but, um, yeah, not nine was just a, um, a, a of, of, of opportunity that didn't come by and, and, the frantic pacing on top of everything else just really kind of shattered whatever coherency was at present. So mixed bag. I agree. All right. Well, Sean, what do we got coming up on the schedule? Well, since we're dealing with uh, time and, and, and time fractures and uh, the, the unmaking of the universe, uh, we thought, well, I thought, and because I'm in charge of the schedule, it's, ultimately what I think that counts. Um, I thought it'd be fun to finally tackle Doctor Who Unbound. So uh, uh, continuing on the U in uh, Unmake, uh, we're going to spring over to Big Finish and do the Doctor Who Unbound series next. Uh, So the first two stories uh, in that line, Odd Mortality, which I'm, it's it's old, A-U-L-D. It's a weird word. And uh, number two, Sympathy for the Devil, are on the docket for next week. And uh, you have four weeks then to finish out. There's eight stories in that, so we're just going to kind of take them as all one big chunk and go from there with those. So if you're following along at home and uh, would like to uh, stay abreast of what we are doing, you can head over to Big Finish and get your hands on those. And then we have something special planned. Because dealing with a gargantuan multi-format, multi-doctor story, and suddenly a bunch of Doctor Who stories where the doctor is not the doctor, but is the doctor. If that's, as if that wasn't enough. <laughs> this is the 50th anniversary of the Master, 2021. And uh, so we have Mucho Master on the uh, on the horizon. Mucho Master, I like that. Mucho Master. <laughs> I like that. And if that's not the title of that episode, I will be. Well, I, I kind of think each time that we do a master story, we'll just call it Mucho Master Part One. Mucho oh, master excellent. Part two. Yes. Yes. Well, be sure to follow along on travelingthevortex.com for updates. And if you get any value out of this podcast, why not consider putting some back into it? You can do that by clicking on the Patreon link and consider supporting us. Also, please consider giving us a five-star review wherever you subscribe to the podcast, specifically on Apple Podcasts, because that really does us really well in the ratings to bump us up in the recommendations. And make sure you join the conversation on our listeners forum on Facebook. And I think that's all I have. Do you guys have anything to add before we close it out? If not, until next time, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.